So today I want to talk about the three traits or characteristics of somebody who is hyper successful. And when I say hyper successful, I mean like the 1% of the 1%, like just extraordinary people who've accomplished extraordinary things and, um, you know, across the board. So, you know, they're hyper successful in marriage with their money, with their careers, their relationships, their health, all of that. So a full balance, all hyper successful. Now, when I say hyper successful, you may not want to be the 1% of the 1%, right? And that's totally okay. Um, but in your mind, you do have some version of what being hyper successful looks like. So for you, I want you to think of the highest possible vision for yourself. And that is what I am talking to today. So your own version of being hyper successful. And if you want to be the most successful you possible, which is why you even wake up every day, right? What are we waking up for if we're not working towards something? So you clearly do. Then you have to make sure that this fantasy we have of who you want to become, who you, who you want to be, you know, where you want to be, what you want to do, all of this stuff. If you actually want to make that a reality, you must embody these three character traits. You must, and I'm going to go through them in a second. And I think it's very important to note here that most people, most people die having never reached the fantasy and the dreams they had in their head. That is a very real truth. Most people go to their grave with this fantasy of themselves, this potential them, this future them that they never get to see come into fruition. And for me, that is probably my greatest fear. And so I don't want that to be you. And this, there's a study done on these three traits. I learned it from Alex Hermosi. He's one of my mentors. And the study was this. If you have these three traits, and if you double down on these three traits and you go all in on just focusing on those three traits, you will be hyper successful. And you don't really need to worry about anything else because that will kind of do a domino effect in everywhere else. So, and it will speed up you reaching that fantasy you. And then the faster we can reach that dream you that you envision, the faster we can get there, the faster you can create a new one. And then that's the fun game of life. Most people don't have fun because they just haven't reached, um, reached that vision for so long where they think what they have is the best it's going to get. And then they get comfortable and unsatisfied. So let's get right into those three traits because I know you're dying to know. So, and, and, and trait number one is really interesting. Okay. Trait number one is really interesting. Hyper successful people have a sense of superiority. They have a sense of superiority. Ooh, is this controversial? And it means they think they're better than everybody else. They think they're better than everybody else. Hyper successful people think they are better than everyone else. Now, let's break this down because that's, that's pretty crazy, right? So when I say better than everybody else, I don't mean disrespectful to anybody. I don't mean condescending and I don't mean looking down on. Okay. But what they do feel is, yes, I am better than the average person. And that makes sense because if you are listening to me speak right now, 
you are trying to build an extraordinary life and get out of an ordinary one. So just by that process, you will be better than most people, right? Because most people are average. And if you want to reach your true potential, then you have to be above average, even above, above average. And so you must have some sense of superiority. You have to believe you are better than people because you are better than people. You are better than a lot of people. If you want to be better, you must first feel that you are better. And again, not in a disrespectful, these people aren't equal to me way. In a, I'm, I'm better at controlling my environment. I'm better at controlling my emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm healthier. I'm happier. You need to believe that that is you. If you actually want to get unstuck from being mediocre. Because if you think like average people, you'll continue to be an average person. And if you spend time with average people, you will be an average person. And if you listen to average people, you will stay average. And average is not good enough for a fit queen. Hell no, right? You're always setting a new goal. So having a sense of superiority is what starts and what gets the ball rolling to actually being better. You have to think you're better if you want to be better. And that's not a bad or again, disrespectful thing. Like you legitimately just have to be better than people if you want to be better than people, right? It's just a statement. It's a fact. So whenever we feel better, we feel superior, we feel like, you know, we excel in some area and we're proud of ourselves. Lean into that feeling, right? Lean into that feeling because it's important in order to connect the future with the present. You have to even, you have to believe something is possible before it can come to fruition. And a lot of the times what keeps us stuck is that we just don't realize where we're at or we don't dream big enough. So this character trait by doubling down on it and believing it, believing you are exceptional, believing you are unique, believing you are special is how you actually become those things. And you have to first separate yourself from the ordinary and the normal to believe that you can be extraordinary. So that's a very interesting trait number one when I heard that. Now, trait number two is highly and hyper successful people have an intense insecurity. They think they're never gonna be good enough. And isn't that interesting? given the first trait that they had. They're almost in constant battle with each other. And I think this, this innate insecurity is in a lot of us. I think it's in a lot of us, right? We always wanna do better, be better, uh, think we're falling short, think we can work harder, think we're too lazy. You know, we think we're, we aren't good enough for the most part. We can always be a better mom, a better sister, you know, all those things. So. When you take that character trait of always being insecure and never being good enough, and you match it with the sense of superiority, being better than most people, what you get is an extraordinary mindset with the humility to make sure you never stop growing. And then that is how you excel. And unfortunately, most people have one or the other, right? Think about it. Most people are cocky assholes and are high on their horse 
and you could knock them down real quick, but what good would that do? Most people are, they have the sense of superiority. They think they're, they look down on people in the wrong way. And then on the other hand, unfortunately, the other half of people, they just have the insecurity. I'm never good enough. So they don't have the esteem. And so they become dangerous when they're separate. One, one person is condescending and rude. And then the other person is so insecure that they get really comfortable. They get comfortable not pushing themselves because it's really scary, right? And so the second character trait of not being good enough is important to keep you humble as a person, is important to make sure that you keep growing as a person, and you always, you never kind of reach the top of the mountain. You're always, you always see the top of the mountain, and then you think you're there, and then there's, oh, no, actually that was just a cloud, and there's a whole other mountaintop over that. And so paired together, it really, really accelerates you because comfort, comfort is the ultimate drug. Comfort is the ultimate drug. It really, really is staying safe and cozy and warm and unchanged and familiar. That is the real drug that plagues us, especially in North America. Being comfortable hitting the snooze button, grabbing the chips at nighttime. These are all things that bring us comfort, pouring an extra glass of wine. All of that stuff is what keeps us stuck. And so these two things, very, very important. And I want you to think to yourself, do I have one of those traits more than the other? Those first two ones. Am I more, I'm not good enough or am I more, I'm better than everybody? Which one do you lean between? And be honest, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you lean more towards the other. What matters is now that you recognize it and then you have to balance it out. That is the equation for being hyper successful. Now, the last trait I want to talk about, the third trait of hyper successful people is they have insane impulse control. They have insane impulse control. What that means is it doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter what has happened to them they still do what needs to get done. They still get up and do what they don't feel like doing or stop doing what they do feel like doing. They push themselves despite how they feel because that is what discipline is. Discipline is doing what you say you're gonna do long after the feeling in which you said you'd do it has disappeared. And so these successful people have crazy impulse control. And if you think about weight loss, that's kind of the entire problem to begin with, right? When I talk to ladies, the biggest problem is I can't be, I can't be consistent. I'm inconsistent. I'm on and I'm off. I'm hot and I'm cold. I'm all in or I'm all out. And it's just, you can't control your impulses, right? We get these triggers and these triggers can be a stressful day at work. It can be, you know, your husband getting into a fight with your husband. It can be anything, right? An, an intense emotion you feel that comes up. So we get these triggers that cause this emotional response. And then we respond to the emotional response. And that is what strengthens poor impulse control. When you let your emotion guide your action almost simultaneously and immediately. And so impulse control is being aware of, okay, I'm understanding how I'm feeling. Feeling this way is making me wanna do X, but does X align with my deeper purpose? 
Can I, can I still clearly see my path throughout all the bullshit emotions? Can you? And a lot of the times you can't, right? Think about your most, like what, think about when you were most emotional recently. Think about when you were emotional very recently. Was your path of getting healthy still clear? Was it crystal clear? Was it on fire showing you where to go, showing you what to do, showing you to stick to it? Hell no. You probably ate the ice cream or you probably sat on your ass instead of doing the workout, right? Whatever you ended up doing because you felt the intense emotion. When we let emotions guide what we do and how we act, we then lose sight of our path. Our path becomes less clear. And then the, the further away from our path we get, the more overwhelmed we feel, the more confused we are, and the more um, unknowing of how to restart starts to manifest. And we start to not know how to get back on track. And so impulse control, if this is something that you really want to take serious, if you feel like you are a slave to your impulses, and another word for impulses in terms of weight loss can be cravings. If you feel like you are a slave to your cravings or your impulses, then this is what you need to do. You need to look at the impulse control as the habit you're trying to strengthen, not the flip side where that's a bad habit we're trying to stop. Okay, not reaching for the chips, like we're, we're, we're refraining from the chips, not because chips are bad. It's not the actual habit we're trying to get rid of here. We are refraining from the chips because we're trying to get stronger at controlling our impulses. And that's an opportunity to practice that. Just like if you get into a fight with your spouse, you have an opportunity to practice impulse, impulse control there. Instead of yelling back and, and spouting, you know, mean, hurtful things back, you hold it in, you swallow your pride, you put your ego aside. That is another opportunity to practice impulse control. And so if you really do find that you struggle with cravings, what you need to tell yourself is it is, I, I'm not tackling and I'm not trying to tackle this craving and get rid of this craving because this craving is bad. I need to use this as an opportunity to strengthen another skill. And then when you change the narrative in your head, it becomes more important. You become more purposeful. It becomes dire that you follow through on what you wish you could do. You follow through on it because it's, so much is on the line. So much is at stake. I have to be better at controlling my impulses. And only in the moment of those impulses can you get the opportunities to grow that skill. And what's also awesome is if you do struggle with cravings to become better at resisting cravings, you don't even need to resist the cravings. You can go somewhere else to practice impulse control because wherever you build that skill, it transfers, right? So maybe you do have the impulse control practice when you're talking with your spouse. Maybe you do have it with your workouts instead. Maybe you have it with a deadline at work where you stop procrastinating right? When we build up the calluses on our mind and the skill of impulse control, then your emotions won't tell you what to do. The cravings aren't as intense and you now have a deeper purpose as to why you can't give into that craving. It has nothing to do with you shouldn't be eating ice cream, right? Ice cream is not good. Ice cream is not bad. It has everything to do with you are a slave to your impulses. You are weak, you are being a weak woman. You are being weak. And I don't care how elaborate 
of the conversation you had in your head was to convince yourself that it was okay to give in to that impulse because we're really good at that. I don't care how elaborate that conversation was that you've convinced yourself that it was okay. What it means is you were weak. You missed an opportunity to be better at strengthening your impulses or your impulse control. Now, the good news is, guess what? Cravings always come back. So you have another opportunity to practice. So go easy on yourself and look at the bigger practice here. Why are we doing this? To become hyper successful. And if we don't, like hyper successful in your own right, whatever that means to you. And if you don't, what's going to happen? You will stay mediocre. You will stay average. You will stay stuck. You will stay content. Not happy or unhappy. It's worse being in the middle. So you don't feel anything. And then life's a bore. Life's unexciting. And so if you truly, like think about the vision you have in your head, fantasize about yourself, the body you want, the life you want. If you want that to be real, take these three traits very seriously. Start to think you are better than people and you will become better than people because you don't want to be like most people, right? You don't. You don't want to be like most people in different areas, sure. Be insecure. Always ask yourself, can I be better? Am I not good enough? How can I be better? So that way you can humble yourself with the superiority sense, but also make sure you keep growing. And then take every opportunity you can, every decision, every action, every thought that pops into your head is an impulse. Everything that happens is an impulse because our brain has created those connections. It automatically tells you, it puts in the equation and it gives you the answer. And that's what an impulse is. Your brain giving you an automatic answer. You can choose whether or not you accept that answer. Successful, strong-minded women can choose the answer. They can say no to that answer and they can create a new one. So work harder at controlling your impulses. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even working hard. It's just working more. Sometimes it's just about reps, not even great reps. It's just about realizing what you should be doing, realizing that you can be doing it more and then slowly build off of that, right? Where else can you practice impulse control and how can you practice it on different levels instead of being, you know, super strict all the time and saying no to the piece of cake completely, right? An impulse control example could be, you know, I want to eat two pieces of cake, but I'm stopping after one right? We didn't say no to the cake, but we did practice impulse control. And that is the ultimate goal. We get lost. We get brain fog and we think we screwed up because it was a bad thing to do. There's no such thing as bad and good when it comes to health and weight loss. There isn't. That's totally subjective, totally subjective. And you're doing it to yourself. How you react is doing it to yourself. But if you see, oh, I slipped up, but I can still practice my impulse control right now to some degree, well, then that's a win. You turned a bad into a good real quick. And so sit with those character traits and ask yourself, how can I amplify those in me? How can I double down on those in me? Where am I good? Where do I have a really good handle on it? 
And where am I falling short and missing it or looking at it wrong? And then focus there. And any time you feel like you've strayed from your path or you're not sure what's going on or what your next step should be or, or if you'll ever reach your goal, go back to these three character traits. Am I making myself feel better? Am I making myself feel like I need to work harder? Am I giving myself enough opportunity to practice impulse controls? And then it all changes. Be, have, a, have more sense of superiority. Have more I'm not good enough. And have more impulse control practice. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Instead of being specific with your habits and making a to-do list of 50 things long, because we, we got the to-do list and I'm sure there's maybe a hundred things you need to do, but by staring at a list of a hundred things, is that really going to help? Or do you get overwhelmed and not even tackle any of them? Or maybe get one or two done, but we choose the one or two that are the easiest and fastest. And then we forgot the things that really needed to get done. Who does that? That's what I'm really good at. Choosing the wrong thing to do, right? There's a difference between being busy and being productive. So be productive with the skills that you are trying to develop as a human, the skills you are trying to develop, we are developing, we are strengthening and sharpening skills every day, every day. Where have you been strengthening the wrong skills or where have you been missing strengthening the other ones, the ones that matter most? 